For the Daily Review, a podcast dedicated to reviews and discussion of TV, movies, and books. Look for us at Daily Review on Facebook and Twitter and dailyreview.com on the web. That's D A L E Y Review.com. This is Paul. This is Caroline. Tonight, we are here to discuss the 16th episode of the fourth season of NBC's This Is Us. This one was called New York, New York, New York, which actually it could have been called New York, New York, New York, New York, because there were actually Ah, four timelines here instead of just three. That's true. Let's start off with the middle school timeline, Paul. Home Alone 2, better or worse than Home Alone 1? It's a bad movie, Katie. (laughs) (laughs) It's, yeah, it's it's. Just, I liked Randall's comment when he's like, "Why is it called Home Alone?" When he's like, "Never at home." <laughs> Why is it called City Alone? <laughs> it wasn't quite the period where Macaulay clearly aged out of his prime area. There, he was still pretty much the same kid, but just the gags were tired. They were recycled. I like the concept of the gags are tired and recycled because there was a lot of repeats or attempted repeats in a pattern of their lives here and it didn't go well the second time when someone would try to do it like a second time didn't like necessarily turn out right well then home alone three is a totally different kid oh god that's a whole other situation really but get what i'm saying though like it's like you know rebecca looks for love part two not so good (laughs) right like little nugs okay so we have the fam they are heading off to the city have you been to new york city paul i have been to new york city four or five times I have been there. Do you have a comfort level at all? Or do you feel like you're definitely just like new every time? Yeah, I'm totally new every time. I need to go in a group. I would not want to go there by myself. How would you be about directions like Jack? Like, would you be all about looking everything up? Would you trust someone who's gotten more than you? I like to think that I wouldn't have needed the sidebar because I would have recognized when she started saying all this stuff, like the things back that way and over there's this and over here's that. It would have been super freaking clear that she knew more than you did. To me, yes. Anyone who can start to use any type of compass directions, if they're like, we're east of the whatever, I'm always like, ah, whatever, you go, you tell me. Because I only know like over there and like by the gas station. I don't even know what direction we're standing. I have lived in this town for like 35 of my 42 years, maybe more, maybe 37 of my 42 years. I don't know when I like point people are like, that's where the highway is, Caroline, that the school's the other way. But I like completely point, just point. (laughs) (laughs) You just mean mean away from here. You don't away from me. Right. You don't don't mean that specific (laughs) direction. No, I mean like yonder. (laughs) These are the directions I want to use. Right. That is so maddening when you're when you're trying to just make that point. With some pedantic person with a, a compass rose built into their brains, right? And compass rose alert that if you are listening to our Survivor cast, compass rose. That was a- uh, A little callback. Yeah. A little Easter egg. If you When you point and then they take time out of the conversation to be like, is that really over? You know, no, it's not really over there. <laughs> like, don't just start walking the way my finger's right. pointing. I'm indoors. As soon as I go <laughs> indoors, I forget- where outdoors is 
I would 100% rely on whomever seemed the most confident in the directions. Sometimes that's just the person who's speaking most confidently. It doesn't actually mean they know more than me. I'm usually just going to go with it because shit, if I know, that's my go-to direction. He had Kev fooled. Into, I mean, he was well, speaking confidently enough. I think that Kev just always assumes dad knows. But let's talk a little bit about Kev. He was having a little bit of a of a time, I would say. He's, he's kind of the kid on, on the subway who is a, a, a bit of a handful, Paul. My, my, my note here is that Kevin was clowning. <gasps> clowning. Yes, queen. He was clowning. <laughs> Tap dancing. Was it clowning, like on the edge of disrespecting the musician guy, or or was it simply clowning? I mean, this is not a paid venue. This is not a <laughs> right, stage. Right, right. That man is exercising, you know, kind of like the it's like a handshake deal with everybody else. They just don't rob him or beat him up or kick him out of the train or anything. They don't tell him to stop playing. They don't owe him anything. No one really does. That space for his clowning is just as legal as that space for his playing. He's he's being kind of a dork. <laughs> And that's really the the, the worst yeah, part. Yeah, that's like what that goes hand in hand with middle school, right? Dorkin, yes. dorkin, yeah. I mean, that's dorkin, dorkin. I mean, it's just all about it. One thing I didn't really like, though, and I thought was a little bit odd, was Jack's shushing of like Rebecca concerning those directions. I know it's like a little backtrack to the directions moment, but I just thought that was out of character. We had the setup with the comparison to her father. And we know that he hates the father. And we've also seen Jack in other situations where he feels like he is in competition with another man in particular. And he does tend to puff up his chest in those moments, does he not? Yes. And rightfully so. I think it was a little ridiculous that Rebecca was trying to act like she doesn't know that her dad would be a sore spot. Maybe she doesn't. Not to the extent. I mean, Jack. Come on. Jack has some private thoughts, right? Yeah. Like he kept Nikki's secret for for a pretty long time, right? Yes, yes. I guess. I just feel like it's was been. I mean, it was on the front lawn, Paul. You know. I mean, there's like the dad tension's been there for a while. You know. Mm-hmm. Dad yeah. said you can't. You shouldn't be marrying Jack. I mean, it's a tension filled subject. Is the point? What did you think of everyone's picks in the city? Very good stuff. Very standard stuff, except uh, for the the tea time, I guess. But I'm not a girl, so I think uh, that nowadays maybe people do American Girl doll. They go to the American Girl place or whatever. I I feel like that's more popular. Even that age? Yeah. Because girls still collect those because they're, I mean, they go all the way through, I don't know, adulthood's too strong of a word, but I would say like older than little girls where because they have like chapter books and like older stories, more complicated stories for the dolls. Like we have been through this experience before where we're in the big city, we're doing the touristy stuff, but then we save the biggest, most famous museum in the city for like the last hour of it being open. And it is a drastic mistake right and that's where rebecca gets stuck everything takes longer than you think but i can say as being mom on vacation always my thing whatever it is that i wanted to go do two words paul Hmm. lincoln theater did I get to go see the story of Lincoln in Disneyland? Were we there for three days? No, I didn't. Every day we pushed it to the end of the day. Everyone got to do all the things they wanted to do. And all I wanted to do was go to their version of the Hall of Presidents. That's the only thing. 
every day I would totally get there and wah, wah, too late, close for the day. I was like, thanks, everybody. No, no, we can just head out. It's cool right here by the bathrooms. Right. <laughs> so I'll just use the bathroom. But yeah, totally right. From like the mom point of view, it is always like the last thing, no? Yeah, I guess so. You're trying to blame it on museum life. Uh-uh. I don't think that's it. What did you think about Jack's particular item? The carriage ride? That's nice. It's it's a it's a classic New York Central Park sort of activity. It's a something the kids will never forget. Going to museums and stuff like that. That's stuff that help build some culture or something in your kid or come or in Kevin's case, leave him completely bored the entire time. But the carriage like ride the fancy hotel with the Eloise tea. Well, you know, we all have our things that we cling to. But experiences like that I think he would not forget. So yeah, it's a good bet for him. I also like that he did the little warm nuts thing because I thought that that was like a nice I'm choosing something new, but like also a little nod to your memories, right? Warm nuts. Paul, I knew you were gonna say that. It's like it's very rude. It's like Ferris Bueller when the girls like you want a gummy bear. It's, <laughs> it's in my pocket. It's warm for my. It's been in my pocket. <laughs> it is a little like that, but still, but still, I thought it was nice. I thought it was a nod to her childhood because that was something that she said that it was a good memory for her. Mm, good call. Also, back. I don't like mustard on my pretzels. Do what you? Kind of communist <laughs> does. Well, that's too much. Definitely there was a big thread through this of Kevin and Randall really button heads, having a lot of problems. Randall, I gotta admit, big time wiener calling the middle seat. Who the F does that? When they were yelled out like nobody calls the middle seat. Lamesville, Randall, or like when they're sitting on the subway and he like doesn't even have anything like fun to talk about. He's like, there's not many people. There's the population of the city. Like boring. Oh my God. Learn some fun facts about the city. <laughs> Why are you gonna <laughs> learn like fucking, you know, like the demographics? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell, dude? You could see, I mean, Kevin was being a little bit much and Randall was being like way lame. Kate really just blended into the background, frankly. This was a very non-Kate episode. Agreed. Agreed. I'm assuming there's going to be a setup, though, for next week in terms of, or maybe not next week, maybe the week after that, yeah. about Kate staying home. That was a um, that, that was, that, that was, was a pattern in both the yeah. now timeline and the college age timeline. It was a serve that they left up that we uh -huh. didn't see them swing at. I feel very firmly that Marcus Welby is going to come <laughs> marching through those empty doors. Barf! There is the two boys kind of struggling with this concept of what to do and kind of what parent to get behind and, and all that kind of stuff. But it's not quite the same struggle that they have in the other timelines. But you can see there's there's like an inkling it's there. Budding. It's a budding issue. Disagreement on just basic philosophy. Yeah. I, I'm with that. All right. So then we're going to shoot over to college years. And again, we just discussed how Kate stayed back. It was another New York trip. This time it's going to be Kevin doing a little monologuing, Paul. At the theater, Randall is going to bring Bethany to go hang out in the city. Did you notice that when they leave for New York, Randall insists on driving, as in being in the driver's seat? And insists on carrying Rebecca's bag, as in baggage. <laughs> okay. All right. I think mine's my, mine's a little more. Oh, that's quite enough. Right there, but okay. Baggage total. What did you think about Kirby the director? Was it like totally obscene for Kevin to want to hook them up, or was it like, no, this is totally sensible? I don't think it's up to your kid to make that call in the same scenario. 
were I Rebecca, I'd be like, find your P's and Q's over there. I'll take care of this whenever I feel like taking care of this, but you don't need to help. I mean, if I was Kirby and Mandy Moore shows up, I'd be like, right, you know. What would you be like? I'd be all- You'd be all right? I'd be be charming. (laughs) Okay. Curbs, I thought, I mean, you know. He's got that handsome grayish hair swirl thing and oh wow you really paying a lot of attention to curbs i i don't know that i even paid that much attention to him i think the concept of kevin wanting to connect probably someone who he views as you know a mentor or you know some sort of someone who he respects like kirby right being his director Mm -hmm. with his mom i think is actually you know i mean it's nice it's not like it's somebody who's just like some some guy he knows or something he he's trying to pair together the two adults who he thinks like you're a single man you're a single woman how about you be together (laughs) like it's a it's a childish way to look at things because you know they live in different cities and there's not like a ton of this that's really going to match up. But sure, okay. They do have the the connection that they both enjoy, like performances. So there's that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you know, yeah, I'm with you that like generally kids probably are not going to do the best job in it's a little parent trappish. This is young Kevin. This is not selfless Kevin. This is dickhead Kevin. He was harsh, I thought, with Randall throughout this. Did you think? He's definitely got a, I'm pretty sure I know everything vibe about him. In, in this in, in this this age version of, of Kevin, you know, this is the least likable Kevin <laughs> that they put on the on the story. Yeah, but I'm talking about with Randall, how he's like, you can't just you can't just be worrying about mom for the rest of your life. I don't know. Aren't you kind of supposed to worry about your mom for the rest of your life? I mean, are you really are, is there a time when you get so old that you're like, you know what? Mom can fucking deal with her own self. There's worry about mom in that. Make sure that she's safe and all that kind of stuff. But then there's the kind of the more obsessive way that Randall seems to dig in that, you know, arguably she kind of needed post the death of Jack. She needed some. Uh, Yes, I think so. She needed companionship and she needed, you know, nurturing her own self. Sure. And Randall was a very steady source. Yeah, seemed to be. Of that. You know, it's not that he did a bad thing there. It's, It's just. That it kind of morphs into as he gets older and he basically feels like he has a claim on mom at that point. I definitely feel he has a claim on mom is the way he looks at it for sure. I did think that there was a couple of moments within this college line that was important to point out. Obviously, Rebecca's desire to go to the Met and deciding to leave the group, which was the same in the middle school storyline as is in the college where she's going to try to go ahead and go see something. And then unfortunately, it doesn't work out. I I really felt bad about Kirby's words when he was all like, this is like a touristy, cheesy, lame, bad for the horses, bullshit activity. Why would someone want to do this? I felt terrible. If you point at something and you're like, I like that. (laughs) What? Kirby, you are, you're kind of claiming to be the sophisticated New Yorker and like you're being a rube. Like, have you never met another person? That's the sort of thing. I mean, that's kind of a more modern, I think, take on things like it's bad for the horses, you know, like that. Agreed, that because is that something? Well, I don't know, though. You know, Is that what? even a thing? They've been pulling carriages well, for a really long time. Hold on for a second, though. I will say, remember when there was like a big old like Greenpeace thing when you and I were like just about to start? high school everyone wore like whale shirts yeah and there was like a big resurgence of that and so the idea of like remember like the panda shirts people wore remember this kind of well it was like kind of a big deal and so i'm i'm gonna say that 
maybe roughly, I mean, it would be a little past this, but there would still be somewhat of that. Won't someone think of the animal's feelings that was going on during that time? Well, it didn't work. There's still carriage rides in Central Park to this day, right? Mm. So mm-hmm. the, it must Probably have, with more regulations, but yeah, didn't, didn't get the critical mass of people <laughs> that convince others that horses and carriages don't get along. I'm sure someone's going to write in a comment and say, actually, here's horses a, are terrible. Here's a link to, <laughs> I to said something. Horses are horses terrible. Are terrible. <laughs> right. That's right. not what I meant to the, say. The, ca- the pro carriage lobby. <laughs> Horses have been have been holding us back all these years. Right. Oh my god! But now they have the rickshaws. Like that is that supposed to be better? Right, the pedicabs that oh. cost eighty dollars to oh go a mile. Oh my god, that was so terrible. Oh, that was so terrible. A dollar a second. <laughs> <laughs> that was terrible. I really thought something really terrible was going to happen in the park when Rebecca was either walking with Kirby or left alone. What did you think? I gave that like a 25% shot when you brought it up when she left. It just felt like how Randall was like, I think we should go after her. And Kevin's like, sit down. That I totally thought this is like prime time for, you know, Rebecca to have something bad happen. This, this, This episode needed to run three parallel stories, basically. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And so that would have not done the trick you know okay these things needed to work the same she needed to not be able to go to the met not be able to go to the met you know like right not go to the met right 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 right. gotcha okay so nothing was gonna happen i had a prediction mugging is what i wrote (laughs) i was really a debbie downer kirby didn't even really uh no even try to uh, assault her in any way no i don't mean that i'm you know or, or try to be a gentleman and walk back with her or anything he was like, oh, you're done walking in the park? Okay, Brr, see you later. <laughs> done. Our centerpiece, the now timeline. The, the now timeline. The the big premiere. Uh-huh. I, I presume this is for the M. Night Shyamalan movie that they started the season with? Yeah. Yes, I would absolutely think that. Funny they didn't get M. Night to be in this one, even though he'd been in a couple other random ones. But Well, maybe he's in the background, Paul. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe he had other things to do. This whole concept of the clinical trial gets brought up by Randall very early on before they head out. He asked Kevin and Kate to be on his side with this. How would you approach your siblings if you wanted to talk to your parents about something? Do you typically feel like it's the best idea is to get the person on, on board with you or or other siblings or just like, you know, wing it? Boy, I haven't had to do anything like this. I have to give credit, though, to Randall's approach. Kevin's approach is more day to day and Randall's trying to look at an actual strategy for giving her the best chance of having her memory for the longest period possible. Uh-huh. But that might cost something now, which is some some time. I mean, it definitely will cost something. So if it's a clinical trial and it's not successful and say they have 10 years left with her, right? And, and they've just lost blown a year. almost a year. Right. right. And now like baby Jack is like two and a half, almost three or something, you know, like you've lost like a bunch of time and a bunch of time that she can, in theory, be doing other things. It's a little unclear. I mean, he says a little bit about like she she would get like monthly IVs and all these kind of stuff. But like it was a little unclear why she would have to be there like constantly for nine months. Well, if it's a clinical trial then they want to take blood all the time and blah, like blah, every blah. Every 30 minutes for right. nine months. See, that is part of it that I would actually kind of focus in on. I'd be like, 
what exactly would they have to do to me? Because it's one thing to be on a clinical trial where you take like one pill a day and you have to like fill out a survey or you have some sort of little like heart monitor you're wearing or something like that, right? But it's a whole other thing that you have to live away from your family in some sort of very reclusive type setting that your family wouldn't barely ever get to see you. Like this, that feels weird. You know, that feels more more like a we're going to do an experiment on you right. in a grosser kind of way. You're losing your memory. Go spend nine months alone. Yeah, away from everything familiar. That doesn't seem like a great idea. Now, on the flip side of town, would I be all about wanting to try everything? Absolutely. So I have to ask you, Paul, are you following more Randall, pushing your loved one to go and do any clinical trial, especially if you've been doing months and months of research that he claims to have been doing? Or would you be like, let's make the most of our time now? I would have a hard time putting my mind around the idea that time is short. Okay. So I would want to believe that things are going to last forever, meaning that spending time in the trial is going to be time well spent. The trouble with Randall's approach here, not blindsiding them with this in front of mom is like, that's great. However, saying that he spent hours worth of time looking into this, researching it, finding the right thing. Right. Um, as good as that seems, that also sort of undermines their relationship because he's because he's like I, I i you just need to trust me um i'm i'm in the driver's seat if you will see what you're doing there and it belies a lack of trust right in in kevin and kate kevin and kate mm -hmm. right it would be hard to hear that i mean on one hand you would think that if he was doing the the research this is something that he might share a little bit along the way. You know, you might yes. want to be like, hey, so, I mean, they talk to each other pretty often, it seems. And so it seems like the kind of thing that you'd be like, hey, so today I read about like this and that, and I don't think it's a very good match for mom. So I'm going to keep looking. That kind of thing where it wouldn't just go from like, we're not, we don't say anything at all to like, oh, I've done this extensive research while y'all were like lollygagging. And, uh, you know, here's the info y'all need to know. To me, that's not the way I would handle my siblings. I would tell them more along the way. I don't need the big reveal, like at the end yeah. of my research project. I don't really need that. I, you know, I'm with you that it would be really hard to wrap my brain around nine months feeling like, what do you mean? Like mom's not going to be around long enough to worry about being gone for nine months. You know, like that yeah. seems messed up. Like, so I agree that that would be hard. And plus, like you said, I mean, if it does something for the good, yay. And if it doesn't, well... I mean, I agree we wouldn't have been spending time with her during those nine months, but we could, like how he's suggesting like a rotation of visits and stuff. Yeah. Plus, here's the other thing. Randall's the one removed. He doesn't see her day to day, but Kate and Kevin do, or at least a lot more often because she lives out there with them. Right. He's, he's essentially from the outside being like, let me take mom out from your homes and put her over here where no one is, basically. Well, so and it looks pretty harsh. Added to that, this opportunity to have this discussion was minus Miguel. Yeah, good call on that. That's that's not that's not a good way to run a team. It's not very respectful to Miguel. No, I agree. Well, and he really belittled the time that Kevin and Kate spend with the Rom. Like when she, he was like, "I'm glad you guys are connecting and having a good time." He belittled it. Like I don't know what he's expecting. Like they should be running like memory drills or something with her. <laughs> memory drills it's this nastiness like kind of like seeping out of him of like i've put in the time with mom lifetime and now i'm gonna like pull that card and say so i get to call the shots with mom and the rest of them while 
True, they haven't had as good of a relationship as he has. They've always been her children. And like, who are you to judge like at what point the relationship needed to become this like quality relationship in order for them to have a say? Like, it's not like they were like on the outs or something. They just maybe they just didn't get along as well as Randall did, you know? Mm -hmm. But it's I don't know. Like, should that be should they be held against them as adults when it comes to medical decisions that like as teenagers, y'all just didn't vibe as well? No, it shouldn't. This is where she is now. She still has enough of her wits. I mean, she sounds like she really has about 95% of her wits, really. It so seems that way. Her making a straight up conscious decision about how she wants to spend these years. I mean, I think removing her from the um, environment of the, of the premiere and all that, that would have been so much smarter. Than than approaching her right then, just just because she had a lapse right then is not the right time to bring it up because emotionally she's got all these other things that she's yeah. wanting to do and you're you you had to break your word with Kevin right yeah it, the whole thing I mean I I appreciate the idea of how much goes into getting ready for a big gala event kind of thing like this where she's get she's got the pretty dress she flew out first class like she's she's in a mood she, you know she's she, hashtag mood and in she this, picked right? i want to do the red carpet that that yeah. implied i want to do all the hollywood party mm-hmm. kind of stuff i want to i want to do that and that's where i want my head to be you know like yes. i want to enjoy it it was impulsive. It was cruel because it ruined it. Like she left the event, you know, like so beyond like it just being like not a good time. Randall put it away. It's like she left. It was over. Kevin left his own premiere. You just ended it. You know, that mm-hmm. was that's really a lot. Did you like all their Helen Mirren comparisons? Whenever you find that kind of thing in a TV show, it makes me wonder if there's like a uh, I, I always just imagine that there's like a, in the writer's room, there's like a, a board with note cards on it. And there's like a card with a dart in it, you know, and it says something like Helen Mirren and any any oh. one of the writers that can fit it into the script five <laughs> times, you know, gets a bonus that week or, or something like That's that. That's hilarious. I like that. Uh, Randall to me was completely in the wrong here. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. There, there would be no different than them talking about it the next day at lunchtime or something. To me, this was one of those gaffes like when someone announces they're pregnant at someone else's wedding. You just don't do that. Paul and I had a twin pregnancy to announce. We waited until the next day when, you know, you still like want to tell the family that came in for the wedding, but you wait till the next day when everyone was having like a luncheon totally after the wedding. The bride and group had left. It was all totally over. People were just like doing their thing. And we were like, oh, by the way, while you all are here, we're expecting that kind of thing. But like, I would never have like said it in the middle of like, let's have the first dance. And oh, by the way, Caroline's pregnant. Like, no. It it seems like that scene where... Randall is watching Rebecca and Kevin on the red carpet as an outsider. Yeah, that was bad. Is setting up his emotional state mm. to to like him feeling like Kevin is horning in on his territory, which is mom. Which is stupid, but yes. Um, watching it like that, feeling detached from it, mm-hmm. allowed him to enter that state where he could renege on the deal without even a second thought. Well, and not only that, but well, you know what? I'm going to say that a little differently, Paul, because you said renege on the deal without a second thought. I do think it was without a second thought from the standpoint of it being incredibly impulsive. However, 
I think that by standing outside and the way that they even dressed him with that really ragtag stocking cap, I'm sorry, Randall doesn't own that cap. We've seen him go jogging. We've seen him go all kinds of stuff and be out in the cold. He wears stylish clothes all the time. He would not have been wearing that hobo's cap. Point being, she's wearing a sparkling gown. Kevin is wearing like, you know, is all dapper up and he's like standing in the shadows with a sad stocking cap on, you know, I think that there was a sense of urgency that if he didn't grab the time he had with Rebecca right when Kevin just walked away, that somehow he wasn't going to have an opportunity to talk to her, which is twisted in the sense that like if he invited Rebecca to go out to lunch, you know, a day or two later or something, she would have gone. You know, like there's Mm -hmm. no like Kevin had her locked up and like, here's your chance. The captors walked away. I've got to tell you some important news, you know, but he kind of acted that way. Like he just had this short little window that if he didn't quickly say something to her, somehow she was going to be back under Kevin's spell, you know, and that kind of the concept of a spell has was kind of mentioned with the Cinderella stuff and like, oh, you're Cinderella tonight. And this idea of there sort of being like a a time limit, right? Cinderella's Mm -hmm. done at midnight. B. This idea that like there's some sort of like pixie dust slash fairy godmother sparkle all around her that she like can't see what she needs to see. And Randall needs to like jump in when he can. But I, I didn't he didn't need to do that. That was a very fictitious feeling that he was conjuring up to me. She would have always listened to him. She didn't need to do that. He didn't need to act that way. And Kevin's point, even though it seems like um, for, for a different purpose, it might seem like the slacker's answer, but it was a legit rebuttal was that this is the weekend. No one's deciding who gets into a trial on Saturday, <laughs> you know? Right. If we talk about it on Sunday, it's the same, you know? Right. I mean, I, di- I didn't think that it made a difference if you talk about it at 10 p.m. at night or 9 a.m. tomorrow at breakfast. Right. In terms of the trial. Right. You yeah. know, but obviously in terms of like we were saying, like it's rude to announce something at someone else's wedding or someone else's big event. All that. It's just rude. And it's 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 universally rude. In this show, we have of, often wondered um, about the financial aspect of all the different we Pearsons. Have. We've talked about this quite a bit. This is the first time we've seen anyone throw in another person's face. I mean, we know that Kevin makes movie star money. That's just kind of assumed that he has enough money to do whatever he wants. But it was also kind of implied that Randall had as much money as he needed to. At some point. At some point. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that all of our question marks about how much money could a city councilman be making? How much money could had would they have to spend on opening up Beth's dance studio? How much money could she really be making? Where were there where was their money coming from besides the like 10 or 15 years hard career life they both put in. But other than that, I mean, God, we're all adults in our 40s here. The shit we did from 25 to 35, we are not subsisting on now. That kind of job that he had, you could imagine where it would either it would either accrue like either bonuses or commissions, you know, rather than just straight salary. And that's how he could have gotten some amount of wealth. Well, and I think he was definitely a planner and a saver. So I'm sure they're invested. I'm sure that he, you know, put the max amount of money to his 401k and all that kind of stuff. And all that's fine and well and will serve them well in the future and probably looked really great for collateral for like opening the dance studio and stuff like that. But where's the day to day money coming in for how long? I mean, he's not been working for a long time. So by mentioning the financials in this way, it almost feels like Kevin stuck out his chest a little and said, I get two votes. 
<laughs> right? If I'm paying for this. I don't think that Kevin swayed the vote at all. Randall actually had a clean shot with Rebecca. Rebecca had already said she didn't want to do the clinical trial. Mm -hmm. The sin Kevin committed was not jumping on Randall's side and trying to convince her otherwise. It's not that he preemptively told her not to do it or in any way even shared his opinion on it. He actually didn't share it either way. He was just like, whatever mom wants makes sense. He didn't say, well, I think you should or I think you shouldn't. So I think that's where I kind of am like, Rena, how are you getting so mad when Rebecca made the decision? Yeah. Pretty cleanly. But the money part. The money part. That's going to come back. Yeah. And though the amount of times that like going to the monologues and how Randall was like, oh, well, you know, he's been he's been uh, studying for this his whole life, like that kind of crap. Like he obviously doesn't think highly of Kevin's job. You know, he he really looked down on the Manny and all that kind of stuff. When you think about it. Kevin's laughing all the way to the bank. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, basically a huge part of this that I want to talk about and really makes me curious because I just don't quite understand. When Randall asks Kevin, don't you think about what your life would be like and how it would be different if dad had lived? And Kevin straight says, no, he doesn't ever wonder what life would be like if dad had lived. Is that realistic? I mean, are you somebody who could have been like, dad's dead and I'm like never going to think about what would have been different? Compared Kevin to Tim Riggins before. Riggins had this line one time where he was justifying why he was going to skip school that day. And he says something to the effect of, I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm a pretty moment to moment guy. And I think Kevin's a pretty moment to moment guy. How do you hire John Legend for the afternoon for a girl you just met if you're not a pretty moment to moment guy? I just would have thought that given things like how when he did the war movie and he worked with Stallone and he thought about his dad and all this stuff like no part of you thought about what it would be like your time with Nikki and seeing your dad no time no part of you thinks what would life be like if dad was around I I mean is that even real or was he just being like that sort of like get over it Randall I'm somewhere in between them personally as Paul podcaster but What's your scene? but leaning not as not as far as Kevin but I would think about it but not every day this is right. this is part of why why Randall's mind overloads at certain points right yeah if he's thinking about how life would have been with Jack. Okay, I've done that for 15 minutes today. Now let's go think about all these other things I can't change. Right. What if I was here when the burglar came and blah, blah, blah. Right. What if I What if I had gone to meet my real dad earlier and I could have had more time with him? I'm sure he thinks about that all the time. Like, Right. I agree with you. And But here, I mean, they obviously have a different journey with Jack at the end there where Randall was like the last person to kind of be standing there. Because he was supposed to take his sister and mom to the to the road. And that was interesting how they did try to twist it and say, like, if Randall had kind of thrown himself in front, would dad have gotten off the roof to come get Randall? Now, I'm wondering if that's going to play out when it comes to mom. Will he give mom some sort of ultimatum? Like, mom, if you don't go, I'm going to lose my mind. That's like, good foreshadowing. Something like that, right? Thinking he's going to say something outrageous to try to get her to, to, to pivot. If you remember the original episode where they showed the fire during that scene, Randall was silent, but but very conflicted looking. He wasn't like just completely scared or one way or the other. He was like, 
I don't know what to do right now. Right. He's like frozen. And uh, reminds me of Cheaty from Good Place, (laughs) right? Just frozen and indecision. Like can't. And and there's like that thought of like, well, indecision doesn't hurt anybody. But here you are standing in front of a burning fire with your dad climbing on the roof. And you can't decide whether you're going to run to the road or you're going to call out to him or whatever. And so this little revised history portion, I think I think you're right. We got a glimpse into his mind and having watched the preview for next week, that may be an entire episode inside Randall's mind. I think so, of like what what life would have been like had Jack lived. Yes. That's what I'm expecting. So, I, you know. That's like the setup. That, that clip set up next week's show. But also, I think, what would turn Miguel and Kevin and Kate as a threesome, and even Rebecca for that matter, completely against him if he threw down some outrageous ultimatum in order to twist her arm to go do something that everybody knows she doesn't want to go do then Mm -hmm. would would that be the thing to make everybody maybe even including beth i don't know give him like the stink face and be like what are you doing like you've officially crossed the line like this is mom's health and you're trying to do something outrageous, you know, to try to get her to change her mind. That's that's completely inappropriate. This whole season, we've been betting on that there would be a disagreement about treatment. Agreed. And so, so two points for us. Yes, only two, because that's not really a super duper insight given the, the subject right. matter. But since we're on a roll of low scoring bets, um, <laughs> I think the ultimatum concept is is almost surefire. It feels that way because, I mean, that was the whole idea. It was like, if I just said something outrageous, like he could have, honestly, he could have done anything. I mean, he could have faked an injury himself. He could have been like, dad, oh, I'm choking. Come down here and help me. Like, and he would have jumped off the roof and helped Randall, you know, like Mm -hmm. there's a bunch of stuff you could have said, but in any way causing a scene that is supposed to lead to Rebecca changing her mind. And maybe, do you think, is there any possibility that it won't, that it will appear to be on purpose, but maybe it will be a little out of his hands? Like maybe he does kind of crack, but it appears to the rest of them like whatever he's saying or doing, he means to be this extreme, but maybe internally he's like, what are you doing? Oh, man. Or he'll like regret it. Like he went too far. Yeah. Well, you could see where they were, where the brothers were starting to go too far with each other tonight, given how arguments go. Yeah. I think it'll be one of those things where maybe he didn't mean to go that far, but he did go that far and he went further than he meant to go yeah and and like maybe again like maybe he's like legitimately having some sort of break with reality but that's not how it comes off to everybody else like maybe he maybe seven eighths of the situation was fairly lucid but like that last part he really did just kind of go off the deep end Mm -hmm. and they're like hold him accountable for the whole thing he's off the leash at that point. well they said i mean remember the little nugget that we got from that from an article was that Sterling K. Brown said something like, at some point here, Randall's going to be like unrecognizable, like rocking in the corner alone. Some nuts has to happen to go down like this, you know? And this feels right. Hmm. Okay, well. We have just one more section that we want that I do want to like touch on with you. Okay. I thought that Rebecca's insight into life and the idea of, you know, trying to get to the Met each time she was in New York and thinking she'll be back. She'll, I'll be back and we'll go next time. I'll go back, you know, and we'll be back. And realizing that like life was a full of next times and that that's basically why she's deciding not to do the, the clinical trials because she's already wasted too much time not doing the things she wants to do. And as a as a mom, as a woman in the world, I, I do relate to this so much because I feel like 
Again, I used my silly Lincoln thing, but like I'm never going back to Disneyland or I'm probably not going for decades. And by the time I get there, Lincoln will probably be replaced with some other ride. And like the chances of me ever seeing it are probably zero. And I stood outside that theater like three times, you know, and I never got. Oh, to you see even it. got in one time. I yeah, I took like two steps in. That's true. And I did to like the little foyer. That was it, though. It's one of those things where I have taken control of that in the last like year and have said, you know what? I really like traveling and I really like to do things that I want to do when I go. And so every once in a while, every couple months, I'm going to take a weekend. I'm going to take three or four days and I'm going to go someplace where they don't serve chicken nuggets and they don't. And I don't care that someone likes seafood and I don't want to hear about what video game or movie or whatever is out. Like, I want to go do what I want to go do, whatever it is in that city. And I just want to enjoy myself because, and then this is not a murdery kind of thing. It's just one of those things where I want everybody else to do the things that they want to do. And it's very exciting and very fun. And then it's like, oh shit, we're out of time. And so rather than be this person where I get to this age and I say, I never actually went. I went to those cities and I never got to do the things I wanted to do. I am purposely trying to take control of that and saying, no, I'm going to go. And, you know, Paul is like, you know, takes care of the kids and stuff when I want to go do that. I do think this is a really big issue. And it's it's true for men and women. Do you feel the same way about your own life? I mean, being a dad and husband, someone who's working, doing things all the time. I feel like I've had to put a lot of things on the shelf. Um, so yeah, definitely. When she said that it didn't just like breeze by me and I, and I took notes and was like, well, what's on TV next? It was like, no, that did actually resonate quite a bit because I have, I feel like I have reams of unfinished business and I don't know how I'm ever going to address it, but that made me feel like I needed to start. I like that. I mean, and how powerful is that for TV? That you can like watch someone stand there and, and and it didn't really matter what her thing was, the fact that she wanted to go back and just be like the lady staring at the painting to have that much time on your hands to be able to go do that. But that's I can appreciate almost that exact thing of like the idea of like, I just want to have some time. I just want the time to go and stand in front of a, a painting somewhere if I want to. And I don't have to worry about like who needs to go to the bathroom or who needs to have their shoes tied or we got to get back because, you know, grandma needs us or any, like, no, I can stay here from open to close <laughs> until the security officer takes me away. You know, like I can just do that because this is what I want to do. Super respectful of that message. And I think that it's something that I encourage everybody to take a little bit of time. Don't go out of control, y'all. Don't go abandoning your families. But you know, taking a couple of days here or there or making sure you get a chance to go to the conference or hell, go ahead and book that one more day so that you can get a chance to go see or do something you wanted to do. I think it's huge and very cool of This Is Us to add this in. Another little layer, Paul. This has been our best podcast in a while, I think. Oh, you feel that way? Tell me. Are you feel, You're feeling good. You're over there like, yeah. let's do some Avenue 5. No, no <laughs> I'm not in any hurry to do that. You're but, hilarious. Oh, no, gosh. I feel like this was a good one. Good episode, good podcast. Well, on that note, good night. Good night. Goodbye. Goodbye. This is Caroline. This is Paul. Thanks for listening. Join us on our new venture called Pod Clubhouse. Come on over and listen to more podcasts from a variety of collaborating podcasters. Thanks for listening, pod people. Thanks for listening to my mom and dad. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Just go home, folks. Ah, uh, clubhouse.